Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 97.5 and 1240 KFH. And welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily Hour number two. If you missed anything from hour number one, kfhradio.com is the place to be uh, to go back and listen. What's on tap in this hour? Boy, we have uh, we have some fun stuff here. We got the new CFP rankings, which we'll get into in just a minute. We'll go back and touch on the Shockers from last night. Look ahead to K-State hoops tonight. Uh, plenty to roll through here. Team USA advances to play the Netherlands on Saturday, uh, which Paul and I are both excited about. Two not-soccer guys getting behind Team USA and into it right now in the World Cup. Paul CFP rankings uh, are here, 869-1240, if you'd like to get in touch with the program. Not a ton of surprises with the top four, right? You've got Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Southern Cal. Ohio State stays behind Southern Cal. So if USC wins uh, its conference championship, then they should be in. TCU is in a pretty obvious win and in scenario and maybe has some conversation even if they lose. Uh, it'll be hard to keep Ohio State out. Alabama would stay behind TCU, you'd think, even with the one loss. So a lot of different things in play here. Michigan probably safe, and Georgia clearly will be safe as well. Uh, but, you know, we look at it, Paul, and I think the the most important thing clearly is where K-State sits. They sit at 10, which is the highest they've been in the Chris Kleiman era. And I think the, the big thing about that is, Paul, is – the committee making Kansas State the highest-ranked three-loss team, which feels significant to me at this point, to get that tip of the cap from the committee for K-State. Well, I think you're exactly right, and that's exactly what I wanted to point out as well. So minds, our minds are thinking alike to a certain extent. You know, it's kind of, you know, I yawn a little bit at the top four. I mean, it's been the same. I mean, Ohio State is trying to make a case that they deserve, uh, you know, as a one-loss team more than Southern Cal. Come on, Ohio State. You got your butt kicked against Michigan. You got to do better than that. You know, you would still be the fourth team in the in the top four if you'd have been a little more competitive and uh, it lost a, a little closer football game. So, but then on the other hand, you know, boy, you just hard to make a case to drop down to a two-loss team, Alabama. Listen, if Alabama gets in over an Ohio State, with one loss, I can assure you that there would be people hollering to the heavens with regards to how unfair that was, the fixes in, whatever the case might be. But you're exactly right. Your great point on that little monologue that you just had was Kansas State. Right now, Kansas State is the most highly thought of three-loss team in the entire country. 
and that says something. I mean, that's over Utah. That's over That's over Florida State, LSU. That's Oregon State, who's having a tremendous year, by the way. Oregon, UCLA, all those teams have three losses, and K-State is considered by these voters who are knowledgeable. But K-State is the highest-rated three-loss team uh, in the country. That says a lot. You know what else it says? It says something good about the Big 12. That's what I think. It also says the Big 12 has two teams in the CFP in the top yeah. 10. In the top 10. Yeah, I mean, there, I mean it, it is a tip of the cap to the Big 12. It's I don't bi- think it, there's any doubt about it. Well, I, I think so, too. And TCU, uh, that's, a, that's a darn good football team. Now, they've had some, they've had some breaks. They've had some, some bounces of the ball go their way, as you would sure. normally say. Which you have to have, oh, right? Yeah. They've had, yeah, they've had the best opposing quarterback luck ever. Guys keep getting hurt in their games. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're sitting there, and they're very much for real. I don't know what will happen if K-State beats them. I do think K-State will beat them this weekend. So it'll be curious to see it. But they're in a good position right now, and if they play well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's sort of a win-win. We, of course, want K-State to win, but we want the Big 12 and the CFP, so we'll be in good shape either way. Uh, but, you know, Kansas State's losses are to the number three, to the number 18, and the number 20 teams in these rankings. That's significant, too, uh, because Tulane has, you know, done its part after beating K-State to put itself in a position here to be highly regarded as well. But, you know, it's it's too bad that we don't have our playoff expanded. Let's say it was to 12 teams. Let's say this is the ranking after 12 games, Paul. Uh, sorry, after after the regular season, okay. we get 12 teams. Gotcha. So you've got the four we mentioned, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, Clemson, Kansas State, Utah, and Washington. I think all the way down to Utah, this stays exciting. I don't know, Washington probably deserves it, but that would be a good group. I think you would like a world where Tulane would be able to be in there, perhaps. Um, but, you know, they got two losses, and two lost teams out of the American probably aren't going to ever get in. So I would be totally fine with that top 12. Feels about right. You'd have three teams out of the Pac-12. You'd have two teams out of the Big 12. You would have uh, just the one out of the ACC. You'd have three out of the Big 10, and you'd have three out of the SEC. Uh, that seems that seems okay to me. I, I I think I would be okay with that twelve getting in. And quite frankly, you know, if you look at it, and you gave the buys then to the top, what would it be? You'd need to give buys to the to the top four, well, or whatever top you four. did. You'd get sure, sure. Yeah, you'd get matchups. Ohio State taking on Washington. Sign me up. Alabama and Utah. Sign me up. K State, Tennessee, Clemson, Penn State. I mean, those would be fantastic. You've made me excited thinking about the possibilities of following a 12-team tournament. Oh, my gosh. How exciting would that be? And, of course, there's going to be people that under this circumstance right here, the 13th-rated team is Florida State or or 14 is LSU. And then uh, both of those teams are 9-3 and three at this point. And, and th- th- those alumni will gripe and complain, but I'll tell you what. What a wonderful 12-team tournament that would be. And, I, and you've got to buy the first four teams. That's, that's how you got to do it. you got to give those four teams a buy. Uh, doesn't seem fair, doesn't seem right. Get a chance to take a week off, heal, get better, relax, rest, uh, you know, fix some nicks that your team has at that point. But that's the way it's got to be, unless you want to go 
to a 16-team uh, tournament. Uh, that seems probably probably not doable at this point. But 12 teams, even at eight teams. Now, under this scenario, K-State would be left out. But even if it was eight teams, how great would this tournament be adding Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, and Clemson, for goodness sakes? How good would that tournament be? I don't think there's any 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 question that that would be a great tournament. So you're on to something. I think your your mind is thinking the way it should think, and I think that's a good thing. And I think it's going to come one of these days. And you know why, Jacob? I think it's going to come money. What kind of oh, money? Yeah, it's what? it's dumb, Paul. That the, yeah. they haven't understood the financial incentives of doing this already yeah, right. anyway. Um, they're worried about the bowl games and the money that comes with those, and I've said it a billion times. Stop worrying about the dates of the bowl games and just make these bowl games. Make a bowl make game. these playoff games easy. bowl games. It's easy. And, and yeah. yeah, the date's going to have to move on those games. That's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We'll be fine. People aren't, people aren't excited. You know, it, it, the Rose Bowl, like we got to play it on New Year's Day. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really don't need to do that. Or – then you just make that the round that happens to fall that can be played then. But, like, get over all of that stuff. Nobody cares. That's right. We'd much rather see games with something on the line mm-hmm. than games on a particular holiday. Like, right. Get over that stuff. It's just – it's it's silly that it takes this long to move and do things in college football. Like the model in every other American sport works for a reason. Use it and use it to your advantage. But they will. It's coming. Finally. Thank goodness. Uh, The four team was better than the BCS system. So, you know, it takes incremental baby steps to do anything in college athletics. But we'll get there. Anyway, though, back to the, you know, back to the point for K-State. This is awesome for that program. Um, It's awesome for the momentum leading into this Big 12 championship game. It's awesome that, you know, of all the teams with three losses in the country, that the committee thinks K-State is the best. And by the way, I agree with them. The other teams in that conversation, Utah, Florida State, LSU, Oregon State, Oregon, UCLA, uh, UCF down there, North Carolina down there. So, you know, that group of three loss teams in this, K-State's higher than all of them. That means something, and and I think it's correct too. But I think the body of work for Kansas State's been fantastic. Uh, they had their you know their blips the first half against Texas, the game against Tulane, but it's proven out that those are two good teams. TCU, Paul of Kansas State keeps a healthy quarterback in that game. Kansas State very well could have beaten TCU. Boy, there's at that no, point in no. the season. Right, right. No, you're exactly right. We have Sean on the line. Sean, welcome to Sports Daily. How are you? Doing fine, guys. Uh, I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. And I uh, just want to talk to you about the college football playoffs. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, that I have under the – well, I guess what I've always thought listening to sports radio and other sports television is the problem why they're not expanding the college football playoff is not the bowl games. It's ESPN, and they're not wanting to share the pie with Fox, CBS, etc. It's not the Orange Bowl, maybe the Rose Bowl a little bit because of their parade issue, but a little bit of that. But I thought it was ESPN not wanting to share the revenue with with the other networks. That's what I thought it was. 
They don't necessarily have to. I mean, if they own the playoff and they have this CFP, then they could do it. But, yeah, it may go to the open bidder. Um, but ESPN only has that through the CFP. And I would guess and suspect that they'll get on board with this because, you know, right now they get two games, right? You get the semifinal. Well, that's not true. You get, what do you get? Three games. Three. You get the two semifinals and the final. So if you know all you have to do to appease ESPN in that world is guarantee them three playoff games. I don't know how the TV split would work on this playoff. Um, I don't know if they can, between ESPN and ABC, keep it. My guess is they'll reopen the bidding, as they should. But a split of that isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. As long as ESPN gets its three games, I don't think the I don't think the ratings or the revenue interest in those three games is going to change much. I would think the national championship game would be even bigger than it is now. And they would probably be able to retain that. Um, and, you know, they have a vested interest in some of these leagues now, too, to expand it. Because the reality for ESPN is if you expand this, then, you know, whatever conference game that you're playing in October that has a playoff implication becomes amplified. Because now a team with one loss or maybe even two losses, as we're seeing with K-State right now, still has a chance to make that playoff. So more national eyeballs naturally are going to go to those games earlier in the year. Right now, and I'll just speak as a a Big 12 fan and a and a more than casual college football fan for the other games, but like I'm not watching, um, let's say you know Clemson, Florida State in early November. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch that game right now because I know neither of those teams are getting in. Let's say, and this is assuming their records are what they are now, but I'm not watching that. But man, if you if I knew the winner of that game had a chance to get into the playoff, I'm all over that game, just like we do in the other sports, right? We watch NFL games. Generally, we watch any NFL games no matter what, but we especially watch NFL games when we know late in the season there's playoff implications, and so ESPN would benefit even if it doesn't keep every game the benefits for them as a network over the entire season would amplify, in my opinion. Right. Well, I would hope it I, – I would hope that they would expand. I'd like to see it, but – It will expand. It's expanding. I think we're to that point. It's just a timing thing now. Um, but it's coming. I mean, it's going to happen, thankfully, finally. I think the number is going to be 12. I, I think that's probably fine. You could go to 16 if you wanted to. Ultimately, I think if they get to 16, nobody's going to complain about it. In that scenario, you'd have Georgia playing Oregon in an opening round game, um, which is interesting because we've seen that before. But you'd have Oregon State and Michigan. That would be an exciting game. LSU and TCU, you'd have great games. Usually, you can get 16. And if you take 16, your, your likelihood of getting the, the years where you have a, you know, an unbeaten or one-loss non-Power 5 team getting in there seem much likelier. But 12 is okay. Because, you know, an unbeaten FCS team, not FCS, but non-Power 5, right, group of five, un unbeaten there, typically would get into the top 12 by the end of the season. So that's probably where we're headed. I don't know the timing of it. It'll be soon. I wish it was now. I don't know why we wait, but we do. Uh, and eventually we're going to look back at this and laugh that we ever put up with anything else in college football. Well, I'd like to see it too. Anyway, guys, happy holidays to you. Same to you, Sean. Thanks for calling Sports Daily. Right back at you, Sean, there. Um, 
Paul, if you have to pick a national champion right now today, who's your money on? Well, I got to go with Georgia. I mean, no offense to the I other think team. So right. Well, I mean, I mean, that how easy is that just to say off the top of your head, Georgia? Come on, who's going to say? Well, gee, you're crazy, Savage. Nobody's going to say that. But I mean, you can almost make a case for all of them. Probably, uh, maybe a little less with. With uh, with uh, Southern California, I don't know about them. I know Malik Williams is a great quarterback. I'm not. I it's probably because, Caleb Williams or Caleb for Williams. USC, you mean yeah, Caleb yeah, Williams. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Caleb Williams. I mean, I look at that kid and I think to myself, you know, he's talented. He's really good, but I haven't seen enough of USC on television to really have a feel for him. TCU, they're or the good, other, Paul. They are. Well, they're I'm really sure, good. I'm sure they, they just are. don't play much defense. Is their problem? Well, you know what? What did I say earlier in this show? Defense wins championships, and I still believe that. Uh, in, in, in most college, sports, yeah. uh, in college football, definitely, and in uh, uh, most other sports. TCU is a fascinating team to me. TCU, mm-hmm. in, in, in terms of what they do, uh, it's, 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 so, it's so refined with offense. Just love that, uh, the way they, they function on the offensive side of the ball. But their defense is something else. I'll tell you what, that is – one of the better coach defenses in the entire country. What they do, and we talked about this the other day, uh, maybe it was Tommy and I talked about this, but what TCU does with regards to defense, with they have one of the great abilities not to get reached in all of football, which makes it very difficult to run zone stretch, inside zone, all those kinds of thing, things that you know require an offensive lineman to get their body around an, a defensive lineman to seal off a gap. Boy, they, they, they don't allow that. And that's what I find fascinating about TCU, their ability not to get reached on any given play, uh, particularly run plays, makes them formidable. And it could be that because of that ability, and I think they're the best in the country, by the way, that I've seen, and with that ability, Jacob, I think there's a possibility that, that TCU can, can advance in this thing, maybe even win a national championship. I think, I think that's the dark horse side of me speaking, TCU, because of what they do on defense and their ability to flow to the football. And does TCU have linebackers that play downhill? Well, that was, that was an obvious question because the answer is yes. They have linebackers that play downhill as well as anybody in the country. So TCU might be my dark horse. I could almost say TCU, and I don't think anybody. I, would I like at TCU. I just think they're going to lose to K State this weekend. Uh, yeah, I, but I think they're going to lose to K State. Well, I think I just you know prob- that's what makes that hard for me. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I I think Michigan opened my eyes a little bit. That was impressive what they did. You know, they hadn't played a ton of people. I, I thought that was really impressive what they did against Ohio State. Uh, definitely think they're a real contender. Georgia's the obvious favorite. And I do think USC's probably a pretty healthy opportunity. I love this because I don't think there is a clear favorite. Georgia is the favorite. But I think we could all see scenarios where anyone in that top four could win. Or really, anyone in the top probably seven, however it ends up shaking out. Because I don't think we're going to get anyone outside of that top seven in there potentially, but I think anybody inside that top seven would have a chance to win a national championship. I mean, for a long time, Alabama and Tennessee and Ohio State looked like they were three. So 
it'll be it'll be a fun playoff. It's a little more wide open, I feel like, than it has been in years past. But that's it. That's what we see. We'll get one more of those after conference championship games. Then we'll get bowl games assigned and all those things. College football coming down the home stretch. We'll talk much more about K State's matchup in the Big 12 championship game tomorrow with our K State insider Tim Fitzgerald. 869-1240 is the number to call. We'll come back. We'll continue the conversation. We'll go back to the Shockers. If you're just joining us here on the program, talk a little about their game last night. Look ahead to K-State's tonight against Butler. That's next on Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. You can enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Jacob, J-A-C-O-B, and your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And bet and with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in Kansas to bet. New customer offer? All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. 
Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here uh, on a Wednesday, getting you ready for uh, some K-State basketball tonight. We'll get to that in just a second. Let's recap and go back to Shocker basketball from last night, Paul, and open this up if we have any Shocker fans that want to call in, 869-1240. Paul, quickly, it was a loss to Mizzou last night, and Wichita State did a lot of things wrong. They turned the ball over way too much, 20 turnovers. They didn't make enough free throws, 6 of 14, less than 50%, and they allowed way too many offensive rebounds. Yet, they should have won the game. Had they hit a couple of those free throws at the end of regulation, they had a great opportunity to win it on a Craig Porter drive and a good look that he didn't make. They took it to overtime. Uh, Missouri, who'd been unbeaten, hadn't played anybody, but clearly a gifted offensive team. And Wichita State was right there with a chance to win. You and I, Paul, we talked about in the first hour, despite those things that, uh, that the Shockers didn't do well, they did a lot of things well, and they were in a position in a, in a game that you probably – Thought they wouldn't have been if I told you those turnover and rebounding and free throw issues, but here they were. And I think it creates a little optimism, even with another loss, as we make our way toward the conference season. Right, because it's not it's not like Missouri didn't have talent and it didn't or or size or or that athleticism that you expect from a power five conference basketball team. It's just different than say Tarkleton State. I mean, it's just you know when when that when that team walks onto the cracks court. cracks me up, Paul. When you say Tarleton State, Tarleton, Tarleton, uh, that's an old that's an old Lone Star Conference team. That was a that was a rival school of my school, West Texas A and M, when I was in college. Tarleton State. I had never even heard of that school until I went to Baylor. I mean, Stephenville, Stephenville, Texas. Is that? I wasn't even sure where it was. Uh, and but it's a it's a very nice school from what I understand. I have I know some people that have coached football there over the years and enjoy it. And uh, it, it it's good solid Texas football. There's no question about that. But there are there. Tarleton, but it's Tarleton State. Tarleton, right? it's Tarleton State, State. I get is, what you mean. Is yeah. not Missouri. I mean, it's just not. I mean, physically on a, at least on a basketball team and football team, it's, it's not the same thing. I'm encouraged, you know, and boy, am I ever hesitant to try to try to justify a loss or try to make excuses for a loss. I that's not what I do. That's not what you do. But with that being said, there are things that we saw with Wichita State that give you hope, that make you think, well, you know something? A week ago, I was not quite sure, even after the Tarkleton win. I was not sure that Wichita State would be as competitive as I, I wanted them to be in the AAC. Well, with this with this loss to Missouri, I believe that this is a team that can compete. They will compete. They will they will get better. I think they will get better. Uh, there's still enough time before before the AAC uh, conference starts that this team will improve on the things that you mentioned: the turnovers, the rebounding, off particularly offensive rebounding. Uh, there are things that, you know, you know, you shoot more free throws at the end of a practice, whatever it takes to get better, uh, you know, shooting more shots, getting better at, at shooting, and all those kind of things. 
you know, I am not dissuaded from the fact that this team will be competitive in the AAC. I think it might be. I'm, I'm fairly sure, even after this loss, that now Wichita State will be a top division. It'll be in the top half of the AAC. I really think that that's a possibility with the players they have and what they're trying to do. If they get better at what, what you just talked about, that happens. You know, there's a lot of upside to this basketball team, Jacob. And particularly also, let's also throw in defending all the time. You know, that that let's defend mentality. I don't care what position possession it is. First possession of the game, last possession of the game, defend. And if you can get that down, then then there's a lot of upside for this team. I think you're spot on with your analysis. Yeah, look, I don't know what the ceiling is. I don't know how high they can finish in the league. I think we're still evaluating that, and they still have work to do. If they don't stop turning it over at that clip, they won't. And if they don't get better in spots defensive rebounding, they won't, right? Oh, Um, absolutely. But those things are things, I think, when we watch this team that we feel like it can get better at. We also feel like they can shoot free throws a little better than that. But – it's just nice. It is a nice feeling, and and I get it. I'm an optimist. I, I want the best for the program, and I tend to look at things glass half full. But it is a good feeling in a season where Paul, we really had no expectation because of all the new players, and and I think a lot of people, you know, they were voted what seventh this year. Um, I, I think that there is plenty of reason to think that they can be better than that. And, and in the top five or so, maybe even higher in the league, I think you know I think those possibilities exist. Some of the players that are really stepping up here look like they're going to be pretty good players. And, yeah, they have issues. And I do think they're in big trouble this weekend against Kansas State because I think Kansas State is just so athletic and, and quite a bit better than Missouri, quite frankly, that, you know, it, it may get a little more rocky before we see a light at the end of the tunnel here. After Kansas State, it's Longwood and Mississippi Valley State, uh, and then you get the Interest Bank Arena game against Oklahoma State, and then you get Texas Southern. So they got to get through K State. They've got you know two losses in their last four. I think K State's in in pretty good shape to win that game this weekend, and then they're going to have an opportunity to really take what they've learned from this tougher stretch and and put it to good use. So you know I think it's there for Wichita State to you know. To, to do what they need to do to get into conference play and then just stay competitive in there. That That's what you want. You want them competing in every conference game that they play in. That's the goal to me for this team. Well, and, and of course, the game this weekend is very, very important. Uh, but it's not the season. And your your analysis, again, is spot on. This game is, is, is a big game for Wichita State coming up this weekend. But it's not the game that's going to decide how good this team is. Is going to be because we have watched this team enough times this year. We've seen enough games through the course of the season so far to know that this team is going to be a work in progress. It's fairly young. It's got a lot of new players uh, that are learning how to play together. A lot of new players learning how uh, uh, the, the, the coaching staff wants them to play, what's them to do, the things they need to do to be successful in the vision that this coaching staff has that it takes to win basketball games. Jacob, this this is a a a special se- or could be a special season in terms of how much can this team achieve with the ability that it has. 
And I think right now the ability is there. A lot of the ability is there. It's a matter of getting this team to understand what it takes to win Wichita State basketball uh, at Wichita State. Uh, and, and that's what I think this team is learning. But this game this weekend, winning and losing, while it's always important, it's more important to play well, to build off of, off of the uh, Missouri game, to play well against a big-time school. So we'll see how this goes. But, you know, it will not be surprising for me to, be, to see a close game one way or the other uh, this weekend for the Shockers. Yeah, I, I mean, it will. K State looks good to me. Um, well, they do. Well, they do. Let, look let's, good. let's talk. Let's talk about K State here. All right. So they get Butler tonight. K State's an underdog in this game. I get it's on the road, but they're getting two and a half points. Um, Butler has a win over BYU, which is always nice. But they got housed by Tennessee. They lost by fifteen to NC State. Um, their other losses to Penn State. And then they have wins over New Orleans, St. Francis, PA, and the Citadel. Mm -hmm. K-State's one of the, you know, one of the few unbeaten teams left in the country. K-State has some pretty big wins, Paul. I'm pretty surprised to see them as underdogs tonight. They're two-and-a-half-point dogs on BetMGM. K-State has wins over Nevada. They have a win over LSU. They have a win over Rhode Island. They have a win over Cal, which a lot of people have a win over Cal. But they haven't played a cupcake schedule up to this point, and they're sitting there right now. And, yeah, they're looking forward to the Wichita State game, but this Big 12 Big East battle is a big opportunity. It's on national TV on FS1. I think that is a great spot for K-State tonight right. against Butler on a 530 tip right. to get some eyes on them and, and really show what they're made of. I, I like K-State quite a bit here. Well, I do, too. And I always think to myself on a situation like this where this is that spread, and it's very surprising to me, but my first thought is always, well, you know, the house knows something we don't know. That's sure. that's how they build those big, you know, casinos and those big – I mean, that's how they survive. They know something we don't know. But for the life of me, I can't figure what it would be on this particular game. I like K-State yeah. as well. And I like K-State to, 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 to come in – and I think they'll play well. I think they'll win this game. Well, I'll tell you what, two and a half points, I think that's that sounds like a nice bet to me. Uh, that sounds like an opportunity to make a little money, if you ask me. K-State getting two and a half on the road, I kind of like that against a team that is good. It's going to be good. Traditionally, it's good. Uh, but, you know, two and a half points, come on now. But here again, what does the, what does the house know that you and I don't know? Well, I don't know. I'm looking at our BetQL app, which is our partner here at Odyssey, and they don't have a strong take either way on this one. Uh, they do very slightly, and they rank their bets one out of five. They've got K-State plus plus the points as one star, but they like Butler on the money line. Um, they don't they don't have a particularly hot take on the over-under, so I think they're confused by the game as well. I think what I think is happening, Paul, is I think a lot of what we see early, especially in college basketball, it's not like the NFL where where the house never misses anything, right? You do see some things. For instance, Grady Dick for KU's three-point over-under all year when you can get it has been in one and a half. Been one of the best bets to make, right? Because the chances of Grady Dick hitting two threes in a game if you watch KU play are tremendously high. 
but they're just looking at averages and things that they've seen. But expectations have to be catered to, Paul, in college basketball by the book. Give you another example. Last year, Remy Martin. So Remy Martin, late in the season, remember he started the year, got off to a slow start, then got hurt. Well, by the time he was back in February and March, his point totals on on the Vegas lines were around 12. And we couldn't bet that in Kansas, but on some of like the fantasy sports apps and stuff, you could take advantage of it. I mean, he was crushing that number. And all it was was his season average. Well, his season average was based on a time where he was just getting introduced to the program and when he wasn't healthy. So I think there are opportunities early. I'll be curious to see K-State tonight. The thing is, you know, for a lot of teams this time of year, like for Wichita State and Missouri last night, that was going to be the top team either one of them had played, most likely, last night. At San Francisco is probably going to be pretty good. But, you know, for for Kansas State, for people that haven't watched a lot of Kansas State, I mean, their entire holiday tournament, Paul, wasn't even on watchable television. It was on, like, Flow Hoops or something, which was too bad. But, you know, if you haven't seen them and you see a road game against a Big East team in Butler— I think it's just sort of a, well, that's a road game against Butler in the Big East. They got to be favored here, right? I like K-State quite a bit. We'll take our lumps tomorrow if I'm wrong. I'm going to throw a little at it tonight. Uh, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I like K-State. I think K-State, I think the nation is still catching up to the speed at which Jerome Tang has got this thing on the right trajectory. There wasn't a lot of expectation. Picked last in the Big 12. Nobody knew about Keontae Johnson. Marquise Noel's the defending – not not Marquise Noel. Uh, Naquan Tomlin's the defending conference player of the week. Here we go. Paul, uh, we've seen a high school coach hired in the NFL and Jeff Saturday. We're going to see a high school coach, which is a little less unusual, hired at UAB in Trent Dilfer. We're going to go through the same conversations. People are going to be mad that Dilfer got the job and so many others have been coaching for a long time. You know, okay. I, I don't I don't mind this at all. You've got a you got a guy coming in that's very connected to the best high school and prep quarterbacks in the country. He's been involved with camps and things that makes those connections. I don't have a problem with this. He's he's coached for a while at the high school level, but you know, even if it's as simple as name brand recognition and he can get some better quarterbacks to come into UAB, I, I can see the logic in hiring Trent Dilfer here. Well, I mean, but but you look at Trent Dilfer's you know, past with coaching and, and it's all high school. And, and I get, I get what you're saying. He played college. He played pro. He's, he, he understands the game of football, both offensively and defensively, at least I'm assuming defensively to a certain extent. And, and, and yet here he is, here's a guy from a private Academy. He gets to go get whatever players he wants. He's associated, his associated himself with a, uh, with a school that allows certain things because private schools get to do certain things that say Wichita city league schools can't do. And uh, city league schools will play with the players they have in their districts for the most part. And that's the way it works. I'm not very sympathetic to, uh, to UAB for, for this hire. Uh, I always have thought that there's a price that needs to be paid for advancement in, in the world of coaching football. Uh, and because you have a name, Trent Dilfer, for goodness sakes, and because that is your name, you get you get to jump all the work of being an assistant at the college level and go straight to being the head coach. Well, you know something? That didn't fly in with me. Sorry. Sorry, Jacob. I know you don't have a problem with this, but I do. I mean, I, there's certain dues that you pay. There's certain 
knowledge that you need to acquire as an assistant. And being an assistant coach, I think, is very important in the development of a head football coach, understanding what they do, understanding your Was it important for Deion Sanders? You just said yesterday you thought of how great Deion Sanders has done, and he didn't didn't do any of that. There's there's an exception, though, with with Deion Sanders. And that is the – and part of that is – his ability to re- to relate to young men, I think that's the huge. Trent Dilfer, Trent Dilfer has been running his elite eleven high school quarterback camp for years and years and years. Why don't you think he's been a high school coach? What what like what would he not be able to relate to? Well, it's a, it's a whole big different deal. I mean, going from a private high school in particular to to a college and UAB, I guess is is a public college. It'll be very mm-hmm. interesting because you'll go from having the best to being, you know, you're not going to be able to go recruit the best. You're not going to be able to play the best. You're going to be competing at a certain level. Now, sure, it's 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 Division One football, and I get that at UAB, and it's and it's a good quality of football. It's it's a decent conference. You're going to play some decent opponents, but it's not Georgia, it's not Alabama, it's not SEC football, and you're going to be recruiting a different. A different type of person. Oh, sure, you'll still go after the six-five, three hundred and twenty-pound offensive lineman, and you'll get you'll get certain of those amount of those guys. You know, their footwork won't be quite as good as the six-five, three twenty guy that Alabama recruits, but they'll still be good football players. Well, I guess we'll see how this happens. There are exceptions in the world, and Deion Sanders is one of those exceptions for me. Uh, there are guys that that have a certain kind of aura about him is, I guess, the best word I can come up with. And Deion Sanders has it. He has that aura as far as that goes. Deion Sanders can sit in any home in America and recruit a young man and tell his mom and dad, you know, not only will I prepare him to be a great college football player, he'll have the preparation to be a great NFL player. And if your son does what we ask him to do, works hard, lifts, does all the things we need him to do, I'll get him to the NFL for you. That's one of my promises to you. And that has sway, my friend. That has a lot of sway. That but is why but why don't you think Trent Dilfer has that? Because the I don't understand the difference here. Well Trent Dilfer has more coaching experience than Dion had when Dion was given to be a head coach, and that, that was a tremendous hire by Jackson State. It was. And 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 it turned out to be just as good for Dion as well. I could never imagine a Division One, you know, a Power Five conference football program hiring Deion Sanders with no expense, that with no experience. That would be that would be, you know, kind of over the top, even for me. Uh, but the experience at Jack State has done exactly what it needs to do for Deion Sanders. But with Trent Dilfer, I get it and I understand it, and I can see why you would would. Go after a Trent Dilford. Everybody knows who's he is. If you've followed football over the years, you know who he is. You know that he was a quarterback. You know that he, he played a lot of football in the NFL. I get that, and I understand that. But I'm just saying there are so many deserving assistant football coaches who should have a shot at a job like UAB. A lot of guys. I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of guys who should have that as a first step, a shot at climbing the ladder of of, of head coaching in, in Division I college football. I'm just saying there are guys who have put their dues in. I'm pulling for them, Jacob. 
I'm pulling for I, look. I I just think it's okay to go outside the box on some of these hires. Like, what does UAB have to lose by hiring Trent Dilfer and see if you can catch lightning in a bottle here? Like, I it's there's not one path to a college head coaching job, right? It, it's like I'll give you an example. How about Chris Kleiman, Paul? J- making the jump that he made. Right. From FCS to Power 5. People had reservations about that. They called Gene Taylor a homer because of a reputation they had in the past. You think that was a good hire for K-State? You think it was a good thing they stepped outside <laughs> the box on that? Well, I don't know how far outside the bo- the box is with, with you know, you're, you're talking about a really high-quality uh, football league in which they play and a classification in which they play. And you're talking about the same things as recruiting, practicing, uh, off-season. All those things go hand-in-hand. There's not that much difference between, you know, the Dakota schools and Kansas State or any division uh, Power 5 conference football team. All I'm saying is is that that's not a good comparison. you got to come up with a better comparison than Chris Kleiman. Paul, Deion Sanders is the comparison. He's a once-in-a-lifetime guy. Once-in-a-lifetime, a Deion Sanders comes along. That's a guy that's in the Hall of How Fame and never know made that? a tackle. Huh? They never try it. How do you know that? They've no, Nobody else has tried it. UAB's trying it now. I'll bet you this. Right. I'll bet we look back at it and say that was a good hire for them. I'll bet you a gallon of tea. I'll bet Perfect. you a gallon of H-O-T. What do you think HTO. of that? HTO. Or HTO. Ma- Max, yeah, you got me mark it down. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.